Shut up. The foot is on Triple M. There might not be any room left on the Blues bandwagon. As Carlton heads up to Brisbane to take on a Lions side whose stars are aligning in September. Rayner, Simon Black said he'd be a star of this final series, and he's just kicked one from 60. Wow. A spot in the grand final is on the line. And the Gabbard crowd are out of their chairs. What a game of footy. From Green Hot Water and McDonald's, Triple M Rocks finals footy. After last night's thriller at the MCG, all eyes turn to the Gabba today as the Lions play host to the Blues. Brisbane have been on this stage before and they've fallen short multiple times. They come in this afternoon as red-hot favourites. Meanwhile, Carlton have only lost once since round 14 and have been riding an enormous wave of momentum all the way through September. For McDonald's and Ream Hot Water, Triple M Rocks footy, it is the People's Weekend preliminary final weekend, and we are at the Gabba for Brisbane and Carlton. I'm Jack Heverin. This is Triple M Footy Primetime for Jim Beam. We have got you sorted all afternoon and all night long. Star-studded lineup. We start, of course, with a man whose resume is as good as anyone in Australian rules football, Simon Black. Blackie, good to see you. You too, Jack. Great to be with you. It's a beautiful afternoon, afternoon here at the Gabba, isn't it? You've turned it on. We'll get to you in a minute because you're very sharply dressed. Kate McCarthy <laughs> is the queen of Triple M footy. She's an AFLW All-Australian, has made the trip up. K-Mac, good afternoon. It's beautiful to be back at the Gabba, Jack, and it's even more beautiful to be here to watch the Brisbane Lions compete in a prelim. So I'm really excited about this game. And as Blackie said, fantastic weather. You couldn't script this better. And, of course, the heir to the throne at the Herald Sun is Jay-Z Clark, who's been dominating all year long. Jay-Z, good afternoon. Uh, you're very kind, Jack. Thank you very much. Well, how's September been so far? Hasn't this final series been absolutely off its head? Last night, incredible result. One point went to the Pies. Continuing on from the scenes we saw last week at the MCG when Carlton got over um, uh, Melbourne, of course. So it's just been an extraordinary final series, hasn't it? Harris Andrew is to join us in about 15 minutes from now. Ash Hansen from the Blues will join us a little bit later on this hour as well here on Triple M Footy Primetime. For Jim Beam, let's jump straight into last night. There are so many things to talk about, Blackie. It was an incredible game of footy. Oh, it sure was. I mean, goodness me. Just the for more on the Giants, third week on the road, six-day break, to sort of hang in the contest like they did and the, the, the power and the way that they went about it. I just felt for them, you know, so badly after the end of that game. I was just so, uh, I guess, admiring of their effort. But the Pies, I mean, what a class act they are. They just found a way to get over the line themselves. And as Jay-Z mentioned, just what a, what a contest. What a just an absolute barbaric contest. Those boys this morning would be would be very, very sore, no doubt about that. But um, September, how damn good is it, Katie? Yeah, it absolutely didn't let us down, did it, that clash last night. I thought it was going to go right down to the wire. At different times, both teams dominated quarters. Obviously, Collingwood opened up really strong and then GWS got back in the fight. But you knew the whole time that it was going to be a real close game down to the final seconds and that's what it was. And yeah, I think that's if you want to sort of showcase the game, it's a game like that, and didn't need to be the most high-scoring uh, shootout game for it to be so exciting. And yeah, I, I really felt for GWS. I think um, they really believed that they were going to go all the way. They were the fairy tale of this year. So um, commiserations to them. But Collingwood, I mean, they've been so good in close games all year, all last year as well, and and they've made it to the to the big dance. There's a stack to celebrate from a Collingwood point of view, Jay Z, but. 
it looks as though we're going to have a hard luck story. Yeah, it's come at a cost with uh, Dan McStay. He was so important in the early stages. A couple of big clunks early and a couple of big goals. He's not going to be playing in the grand final. He's out with a high-grade medial strain of his knee. So Collingwood cons- uh, have confirmed that that's a six- to eight-week injury. He's really done it there. I think Jack Buckley was the one who fell across his knee uh, late in that third quarter. So he's going to be missing. It's a huge blow. How are they going to reshape this forward line, guys? Do they bring Ginevan into the 22? to and play smaller or do they swing forward how what do you think Craig McRae does with this forward mix I think it depends who they play to be honest I think the Lions and Carlton they'll be watching this one obviously very closely but I think probably a big game you need to go with a tool you need to just have that ability that at some point to offer either a clunk or bring the ball to ground constantly with that get out of jail kick that's going to be under a whole lot of pressure. Ginevan's probably more in a game that starts to open up and you can hit him up or use him as a small forward but I think going into such a big game you just need that option to to have a big marking target and someone for your forward line to reference. Yeah it puts a lot more pressure on, on Mason Cox, doesn't it, bring the ball to ground. You know, that's what Dan McStay did up here in Brisbane really well for his small forwards and um, and his hands when he's on is, is, is fantastic, McStay. So, yeah, exactly, Jay-Z. Do they, do they swing Jeremy Howe forward, bring Frampton in? Um, it's going to be really fascinating, that one. I, I love Jeremy Howe forward. I think, obviously, we all admire his hangers he's taken over the journey, but yeah, it's a big core. That, that's probably what, what I would, the path I'd go down. And interestingly, I mean, Craig McRae did trial how forward the last couple of weeks for periods um, in the home and away season. So um, their form tapered, obviously, in the last month. But that's because McRae was actually trialling some of these scenarios, which is incredibly smart coaching. So he'll be unafraid to throw how forward if that, bring, uh, that brings Frampton in. Whether they consider bringing Noble in for a bit of a role, I mean, that overlap run from the back half really changed the game in the third quarter in that first half. They were um, they were slower with the footy. McCray McCray said at halftime we wanted more some more dynamic run. Crisp really delivered off there. Dacos really worked into the game, didn't he? So whether be interesting to see whether he's tempted to bring Noble back in to generate some more of that run in the half back, which did change the game. Nick Dacos slotted straight back into that Collingwood team last night. It looked as if he hadn't missed any footy and, and played beautifully. Has he got anything to worry about with the MRO? No, I think he'll be uh, absolutely fine. So we saw that tackle on Brent Daniels. He sort of fell into his back and pushed him forward. He had one of Daniels' arms pinned, but what is what will um, clear him here is the fact that it was Scott Pendlebury who had Daniels' right arm pinned. So that right arm would have otherwise been free where he could have protected himself on the fall. So from an MRO perspective, you can't really pin um, that that on Dacos when a teammate has got his arm. So both of his arms were pinned. So Dacos will be fine. He'll play in the grand final. He's got a massive week ahead. He's the favourite for the Brownlow medal. Reckon he polls him around 16, 17, 18. Then form drops away a little bit and he gets hurt in round 21 against Hawthorne. So he could be 8, 10 votes clear in the Brownlow medal, and then we'll watch the chasing pack. Will Marcus Bontempelli, Zach Butters, or Christian Petrarca overtake him? Errol Gould gets hot late in the season, but a big 48 hours for Nick Dacos, but expect him to be cleared in a couple of hours' time uh, for the uh, dangerous tackle. What about Collingwood's ability to shut a game down? Uh, We've seen them do it more than once in the back end of the season. Last night it was for the best part of 10, 12 minutes where they just turned the game into a scrum. They had this unique ability to not let the Giants get out at all is that fitness is that structure is that discipline or is it just everything 
Well, you heard Craig McRae talk about after the game, didn't you, about the ability just to, to train these things for two years, whether they're in, they're in front or behind, and their ability to be able to, yeah, shut the game down, Jack, and that's exactly what they were able to do. That, that, I mean, that last minute or so where it was literally a rolling moor, it was World Cup style, it was just, it was amazing, and they just got stoppage after stoppage and just burnt the clock down, and yeah, it's well-practiced, and, and also love the way he said every session we do two minutes of contested ball work, and, and, that, and that came from the form, that big moment, the big stage. And you knew that they knew exactly what they were trying to do. They knew if someone was sort of on the bottom of the pack to help lock the ball in, to get around them, get a stoppage, because if one guy goes down, holds it in, that's a free kick for getting um, dragging the ball under. But the way that they played the system, I think GWS maybe missed a trick late in the fourth. They had, I think, plus one or plus two back Collingwood, and they didn't equalise till really late. So I think they were seven points down for a fair while in that last quarter, and you know the way that Collingwood defend. It's hard to score against them when they're in that save-the-game mode. So I think they needed to equalise a little bit quicker than they did. Jay-Z, just from a Giants point, Point of view. Adam Kingsley was was pretty strong post game about not having access to Brent Daniels late in the game. There's been some discussions today about who made the call for him to do a HIA. How has this all played out? Yeah, well, let's first, uh, Leroy. Can we listen to Adam Kingsley? We'll clear it up on the back. You know, really disappointed to lose Brent Daniels for a HIA assessment that that he he passed comfortably in the last five minutes of the game, which. Hurt, hurt us uh, around the ball with a bit of leg speed, a bit of overlap run. So that that's extremely disappointing. I haven't seen the incident, but from what I'm led to believe, it didn't warrant having to take him off the field to assess it. So he's got his wires crossed there a little bit, Kingers, hasn't he? Because it was the club doctor's call to do the um, the SCAT 5 test, which did rule him out for the rest of the game. So what happened is in the arc, uh, the AFL bunker, there is a concussion spotter, which did raise it with um, the GWS doctor, said, take a look at this. The doctor assessed it, brought it off, and then he made the decision to go with that thorough concussion check. So Adam Kingsley there expressing his disappointment that that was the case, and he didn't have access to Daniels for the rest of that last quarter. They missed his run. But the reality is it's his own club doctor's call. I mean, yeah, you understand um, his frustration Mm. in the moment, but he just hadn't clearly got the info that that was his own doctor's call. Marine Hot Water and McDonald's. Triple M Rocks Finals Footy. About an hour away from the bounce of the footy, it's Triple M Footy Primetime. For Jim Beam, it's set to be an epic match, and that's worth raising a Jim Beam drink responsibly. Still a fair bit to work with, through with Jay-Z as well. Trade news, Ash Hansen from the Blues, not too far away as well. But let's get into the Lions camp for the first time today for Bob Jane T-Marts. They've got a great beep, buy three, get one free, plus instant cashback deals. Call or order online today. T's and C's apply. Good afternoon to you, Belinda Mellon. Hello, gentlemen. I am very fortunate down here to have Lions co-captain Harris Andrews with me. Harris, we really appreciate your time. Uh, early time, time slot tonight. There's been a lot of talk about the uh, the moving time. How do you feel about getting the show on the road a little bit earlier? Uh, it's great. Yeah, I think for us, you know, I'll probably be sitting at home doing nothing really. So, uh, you know, if I could have had the game start at 10 a.m., I probably would have. Um, but, no, nah, it's really good time. Nice time of the afternoon. So, can't wait. You've lost your right-hand man in Jack Payne. That's an unfortunate hour for you. Does that change how you go about things this evening? Uh, no, not at all, to be honest. Um, we, we've been playing a structure and a system all year um, that allows guys to come in and out of that. And Payne's obviously done a fantastic job filling in his role within that structure this year. But, um, you know, to have Darcy Gardner come in, who's a, a really well-accomplished AFL footballer. Um, you know, he's played 160 games. I've played a lot of footy with him and have absolute trust in what he can do. And, um, you know, I'm really excited for the opportunity that arises for him. Harris, obviously the importance in a huge game like today is getting off to a good start. What's the key to you guys and getting the success that you have from the first bounce here at the Gabba? 
Yeah, I think it's just matching Carlton in the contested ball space. Um, they've you know, been a really dominant force in winning the contested ball and owning territory early on in the game. So um, our ability as a as a group to win the, win the contest around the ground, whether that be in the forwards, backs or the mids, uh, super important. And I guess trying to capitalise on our opportunities early. Um, we've seen across this final series that you know teams that are inaccurate at goal-kicking-wise um, unfortunately cost themselves a little bit. So, yeah, it's going to be important that we're accurate early. Now, Harris, good luck tonight. The Carlton... Uh side has got a couple of key forwards they're, they're good ones just between us who are you going to start on tonight <laughs> uh, yeah it'd be a bit of a mix to be honest um, we'll wait and see how they sort of shape up at the first centre bounce um, in regards to where they're standing inside 50 so um, yeah it's going to be a, a really good challenge as you said they've got such a dangerous mix down there guys like Harry Mackay and Charlie Curnow really imposing in the air and then you know they've got a plethora of small forwards that can provide a really good contest at ground level so um, yeah we're going to have our hands full but we're really excited for the opportunity Harrow, uh, all the best tonight, Blackie speaking here, mate. I hope it goes really well. Um, mate, the scores from uh, Intercept this year, and particularly from, from the back half, been real improvement in the game. What's sort of been the – how's that come about from, uh, from a leader down back? How have you seen that? Yeah, to be honest with you, Blackie, um, we have sort of spent a little bit of time on it during the preseason, but um, it's sort of manufactured itself. I think years gone by, we've probably been quite uh, relu- reliant on um, scoring from stoppages. And I guess the way we've been able to move the ball from our back half has been really impressive this year. And, um, you know, everyone has a role on offence. They need to make the field as big as we can and we can move it pretty quickly. So guys like Kitty Coleman and Connor McKenna can get the balls in their hand and, um, you know, they're really damaging up through the middle of the ground. So, yeah, it's exciting. Um, you know, obviously Carlton have got a really stingy defence the last 10, 10 to 12 weeks and um, it's going to be a great challenge. And, and on the flip side, the scores from stoppages against Port Adelaide was incredible, kicking 13 goals uh, last game you played. And Can you give us any insight into the midfield battle? It's going to be such a big part of today's game. Can you give us anything at all? Uh, I haven't got anything too exciting for you, to be honest, Blackie. I haven't been sitting in their line meetings and that. But, um, yeah, as you said, it is going to be a massive battle in there. You know, they've got a really impressive midfield with guys like Cripps and, and Sam Walsh in there. And, um, you know, I'm sure... Our guys are going to have to be at their best to make sure we match it in that space. And um, if we can get the game played in our front half the way we want to, then, you know, that'll go a long way. Harris, how's the senior coach going? We love Chris Fagan, but let's be honest, he can be an absolute stress head on game day. How's he? Have you spoken to the coach today? How's he travelling? Can you calm him down a little bit? Oh, I haven't seen him yet, to be honest. Uh, but he's been really great this week. Um, we found going into the Port game, he was really relaxed and chilled out. And, um, you know, it's been good to, to have that growth over the last couple of years. He can get a little stressed at times, but... <laughs> Uh, we do love that he's on edge. It keeps us as players on edge, and that's when we feel like we play at our best. So um, I'll make sure I put my arm around him at some point in the summer <laughs> yeah. and um, get him going before the first bounce. He won't and, need much. And, Harris, speaking of someone that's uh, stressed at times, that's absolutely not yourself on a football field. You look like the most relaxed footballer that I've ever seen. Um, no matter what kind of pressure you're down um, on down back there, you're just so relaxed with your kick out. Is that probably something you'll carry into this one. Is that a, a general approach or it's just sort of what it comes off as? It probably just looks like that. I'm <laughs> stressing underneath. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I have been labelled laconic at times. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's sort of just my demeanour, I think. And um, just want to be thinking the right way through the game and, you know, not stressing too much. So, yeah. He's a cruisy uh, Queenslander caddy, as, as you are <laughs> yeah. too. There is a bit of a stereotype of that, isn't there? Like Absolutely. He's a North Brizzy boy. He's from Aspley. He's as cruisy as they come, isn't he? <laughs> Harris, just tell us what Josh Dunkley's brought to this group this year. I mean, you're a pretty experienced group when it comes to finals now, but Josh has been there and done it all before. What has he added to this Brisbane team this year? Oh, he's added so much, Dunks. Um, his defensive efforts and his pressure and stuff that he puts around the ball is invaluable to our team setup. Um, he's a bit of a bigger, 
inside mid, his body's pretty large, so he can match it with guys like Paddy Cripps and um, really go with their, their big dogs. And um, I guess, yeah, just his effort that he brings each week, you just know you're gonna, what you're going to get out of him. And um, off the field, his leadership's been exceptional this year. It's been fantastic to get to know him. Um, he's a great person. And, yeah, we've really been really excited about getting him up here. And, you know, we're really excited about what he can do for us, you know, going forward. And, um, yeah, it's been awesome playing with him. Harris, the Carlton side's got a couple of boys with uh, a couple of sore shoulders. It's been a bit of a talking point about whether you might target them or uh, whether you'll make it physical and, and challenging Doherty uh, and Acres in, in particular. Has there been any discussion inside the camp about whether you might try and test that out a bit? Nah, not at all, to be honest. Um, I think finals games sort of show that stuff up at times, but, um, you know, if we worry about too much what they're doing and how they're going, that sort of thing, then we'll go away from our process. And um, we just need to focus on what we can do and what we need to do to play at our best and, and really rely on our, our process. So, um, yeah, won't be looking too far into that sort of stuff. I'm sure it'll be a fierce contest as it is, and, um, you know, everyone's carrying a little bit of stuff this time of year. Harris, it's a big stage. Thanks for joining us. Good luck this afternoon. Beautiful. Thanks for having me. Good luck, us. big fella. Hot water and McDonald's. Triple M rocks finals footage. The gab is starting to fill up, and there is lots of navy blue in the stands. This is not going to be a pro Brisbane crowd. The Blues fans have travelled in numbers. Triple M footy prime time for Jim Beam. It's set to be an epic match, and that's worth raising a Jim Beam. Of course, drink responsibly. Simon Black, Kate McCarthy, Jay Z Clark, and Jack Heverin. Final teams are in. No changes for either teams. Jared Lyons will be the sub for Brisbane. And Matthew Kennedy is the sub for the Blues. Let's get over to the Blues camp for Bob Jane T-Mart's Belinda Mellon. Uh, yes, gentlemen. Ashley Hansen is joining me boundary side. The Carlton players just ran out onto the field. And I can tell you, as the crowd roared, the reverberations ran through my body. Ashley Hansen, it was like you're on a home ground. Yeah, our fans have travelled. Um, certainly there's been a lot of navy blue around the hotel and in the streets uh, this morning, which is really pleasing because they're loud. They might be in the minority by the figures, but uh, they're certainly, uh, they'll, they'll bring the noise. And I've heard a rumour that Michael Voss has been reminding your players that he has a perfect preliminary final record here at the Gava. Any truth to that? Uh, yeah, to break the tension during the week and with a bit of humour, he did mention that, yes. Hey, Ashley, Jay here, mate. Good luck tonight. Thanks, Jake. Hey, uh, Carlton fans went absolutely bunter last week when Blake Akers kicked that goal to Pilk Mel, but take us into the Carlton coach's box. Did you sell? Did it go wild in there as well? Uh, no, because we, we were thinking about the next phase we had to go into, which was our mode to clearly save the game. So as hard as it is to be, car, <laughs> to be a, a spectator in that situation, we had to stay true to our profession and what we had to do. And and very quickly think forward and make sure the ground was set up in the right way and we had guys in positions that, that need to be. Um, so we're a step of the head, but when the final siren went, um, I'd hate to see the, uh, the camera of the box then. <laughs> Ash, bringing in three players, obviously, for a prelim final, a difficult decision, but two that you probably couldn't leave out in Mackay and Jack Martin with the form that they've been in recently. But how difficult was that decision and that, um, I guess, match committee meeting that you would have had during the week? Yeah, terribly hard um, because we believe in the guys that we had in last week. Um, but you know, our job is to, to pick the team that gives us the best chance tonight against the opposition um, and with team balance. Um, and we spent a lot of time on it, but we're really comfortable with decisions we made um, and the, the, the squad we've selected to play tonight. Ash, just tell us how big the first quarter is. There are numbers that back up that say for, from your point of view that when you're in front at halftime since round 14, you've won just about every game, but if you break it down even further than that, how important is the first 10 minutes of this one? 
Yeah, we, we really put an emphasis on that and have for the last month, um, especially in finals footy, to the team that generally settles first um, and gets that ascendancy early can go a long way to controlling the match. That's not to say that the script always goes that way and there's been times throughout the course of the season where you've got to find resilience to dig in and, and turn the game around. And, and that's the beautiful thing about finals is they don't generally follow a script. But what we can control is certainly the start, and when you are the travelling team, settling in early goes a long way to the end result. I know the uh, constant talk about Harry Mackay annoys you, uh, Ash. There will be a big spotlight on him tonight. The stakes are just clearly so high. He comes back in from that concussion. Why is the forward line so much better with him in it? Well, it alleviates Charlie from having to be at every contest. And there's certainly been some, some commentary, Jay, on the outside that, Char that we're a better team and Charlie's got more room to play in when Harry's not there. But it's just not sustainable. Um, to do that over a course of a whole season is unrealistic. Yes, for small periods of the year when Harry's been injured, he's had to do it and it's looked really good. But as we've, as we've seen the last couple of weeks, that Charlie's better with Harry there because he can take a lot of the workload. And I guess why the spotlight is on Harry is because he's a great player and we know what he's capable of. And, and as a coaching group, you continually back that in and support the player to be at his best, um, which we think he'll get, give us tonight. You certainly hope the Twin Towers will fire tonight. What about Doherty and Akers? They've both got the sore shoulders, uh, of course, assuming they're good to go to play tonight. They, um, uh, how are they feeling? Yeah, and that, that's another, I suppose, thing that gets beat up that when the cameras are there during a train during the week, they look at their worst because they're recovering from a game where those shoulders have been put through you know, a fair bit of um, contact and attention. But then over the course of the week, um, with treatment, intervention and rest, on game day they feel really good, have full range of motion and their strength's there. So um, they're ready to go tonight and we welcome any attention that might come their way, but we're not going to pick a player that's not fully fit. Obviously, Brisbane's such a, a good scoring team from clearance. And, Ash, when you go into this one, is it looking at sort of negating those clearance numbers but also making sure that they're under a lot of pressure at the source so that your defenders can go to work then when the ball comes in? Yeah, without doubt. I think early in the year when we met, we met them at Marvel, um, that was an area of the game that we did really well. Uh, we broke even and we took away the quality of their sc scoring change from stoppage. Um, it certainly allows our backs to be able to support one another and play their system when there's pressure on the ball. So the recipe's there. It's all about execution for us tonight. Ash, I know you'll obviously be looking at matters at hand right now, but you'd be hearing all of the talk and all of the momentum that you've got. This second half of the season, can you try and describe to us what it's been like to be at Carlton with, with this wave of momentum that you've been experiencing? Um, oh, it, it's certainly been um, pleasing to see the players get reward for their ability to be resilient and, and buy into the game that they want to play. Um, and I guess it's been reassuring from a coaching point of view that the message and the consistency that, that we applied as a collective um, has come to fruition. Um, and certainly the momentum that's been built off, I think, those two parts of our footy department with the stability and the leadership upstairs has gone a long way to putting us in this position. Ash, we all know the famous story. It all turned around off the back of the uh, campfire chat and beer, I think, <laughs> at in Kurnow's place down there at Bells Beach. Were you there, and did you go skinny dipping in, in Kurnow's den with the rest of the boys? <laughs> That's a great question, Jay. Uh, no, I wasn't there, so that answers your second question. Uh, no, that was player-led, and I don't think we got an immediate turnaround uh, from them getting together. Um, no, let but, the truth get in the way yeah, of a good that, story, Ash. Yeah, true, true, <laughs> true. But it's, it's, it's certainly uh, growing, growing legs, um, that moment in time. And we were joking during the week that 
if we continue to progress, you could put a plaque, I reckon, beside uh, Ed Kerno's dam and put it on Airbnb and probably get $2,000 a night from every Carlton fan. So, uh, but we won't let the truth get in the, in the way of a good story, Jay, no. Ash, good luck. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. No, thanks, guys. Have a good call. Ash Hansen joining us on the boundary for Bob Jane at Team Marts. Um, it has grown a, an enormous amount of legs this this. Night at the Kernos, Jay. It's, yeah. It'll go down in folklore yeah. now. Oh, I love it. A good soul-searching session. It's what every footy club needs when they're on their knees. And, yes, I was talking to Ed Kern. I said, mate, what happened down in your property? This, you know, tell us about what happened. He said, well, we just thought it was, you know, it was like a cleansing thing. We thought we had the dam there. We just all take off our clothes and just go for a bit of a swim. And it's, you know, been magnificent off the back of that. Blackie, did you do anything crazy like that back in the, in the day? Any, anything weird um, to try and spark your season? We, we had plenty of crisis uh, meetings, that's for sure, Jay. When Vossi was coaching up here, I can tell you. And Vossi loves a beer. Vossi and Craig McRae used to sort of run around Mad Monday. So those two blokes coaching the biggest clubs in Australia makes me laugh at times. But um, no, I was wondering if Vossi was there and he, he would have cracked the tins open for sure, Jack. Has he got a lead from the front with that sort of stuff, do you? You do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, he, he loved nothing more than dress up and a... And a, uh, and a few in a mad Monday um, down here, and no one knew who we were up here, so you, you'd uh, you'd have a bit of fun, and and that all was good. But um, look, yeah, he's uh, it's been remarkable. You know, I was I actually went in the Carlton about a month ago and saw Luke Power and Vossi, and everyone within the club just said how impressive Vossi was over that period where he was under the pump and the side couldn't get a win, and he held firm, and um, you know, he, he he held held his belief about the way they want to play as a group, and um, and the rest is history. Hot water and McDonald's. Triple M Rocks Finals Footy. Beautiful sunny Saturday afternoon in Brisbane. The Gabba looks absolutely perfect. The ground looks spot on. It's the Lions and the Blues in the preliminary final to take on Collingwood next week in the 2023 AFL Grand Final. For McDonald's and Ream Hot Water, built tough for Aussie conditions when it comes to water heating. You can ask your plumber to install a Ream. This is Triple M Footy Primetime. Simon Black, Kate McCarthy, Jay Clark and Jack Heaven, Brian Taylor to join us shortly. Belinda Mellon's on the boundary and Ethan Meldrum will have all of the numbers all afternoon long. Jay-Z, there's obviously this game to play out in terms of who's going to play Collingwood next week. But for those whose seasons are done, this is when things start to get busy. Let's start with the Bombers because they seem as though they want to get very busy very quickly at trade period. Yeah, he's spot on, Jack Essendon, making big moves in particular over the last 48 hours. So um, Betty Mackay, the North Melbourne stopper, has chosen Essendon over Hawthorne. Now, as I understand it, there was more money on the table at Hawthorne, so he's taking less money to stay at the Bombers. It's his relationship with uh, Brad Scott, of course, his old former coach. The clarity of role, obviously, is going to fill a key need there at, uh, at fullback. And uh, he likes the list build, Betty Mackay, so he thinks Essendon is on a decent trajectory there. Of course, they showed a lot of positive signs throughout first two-thirds of the season before dropping off late. But it's not going to stop there, Jack, for the Bombers because they're eyeing a historic free agency triple play uh, next month, which mm. could see them also land Jade Gresham from St Kilda. So as I understand it, Gresham wants to play for the Bombers. He's also entertained um, interest from Carlton and Richmond, but I expect Jade Gresham to pick Essendon as well. He's also a free agent, so under free agency rules, Essendon can give up nothing to get Mackay and Gresham, so they go forward uh, whilst keeping that top draft pick, which is pick number eight uh, currently as it stands. But it won't stop there because they're also eyeing off Toddy Goldstein, the North Melbourne Ruckman, also has a relationship with Brad Scott. Toddy Goldstein was one of the best Ruckman in the competition under Scotty. So uh, we know Essendon played two Ruckman, Sam Draper, and last year it was a lot of Andrew Phillips. He has retired. 
So Goldie still thinks he's got a bit of petrol in that tank and he could join the Bombers. He's also entertaining some interest from Collingwood. Now, we know the Magpies, um, when Mason Cox and Darcy Cameron went down mid-season with that serious knee injury, they had to turn to Dan McStay in the ruck, didn't they? So they need some more ruck cover. Uh, They're looking at Goldie, and and that situation is really, well, Todd Goldstein could win a premiership if he goes to Collingwood and join a a team very mature. So that's the situation with uh, Goldie. He's got a decision on his hands. So what's the compensation for North Melbourne for Benny Mackay? It is a little unclear, but I'd be thinking it's more likely to be pick three than an end of first round pick. So we, we don't know exactly what the offer is. We expect it to be around seven fifty eight hundred thousand dollars dollars $800,000. Of course, Hawthorne came hard and they came late uh, with more money on the table. Essendon didn't totally match it, but I think the offer still might be good enough to trigger that pick three for North Melbourne, which makes it, you know, a massive boost for the Kangaroos. So from an Essendon point of view, Blackie and Kate, if they add... Ben Mackay, Todd Goldstein and Jay Gresham, all three that Jay's mentioned. How does that grab you for improving them next year? Is it is it instant and sudden improvement, which is what they're looking for? I think the other thing that goes with that, yes, they're adding some good players to their list, but they've got some more time with Brad Scott now, obviously coming in his first season with them. You could see some changes he was trying to make, but... I mean, we talk about first season coaches and I don't know how Adam Kingsley's done what he's done at GWS. It's so rare to come in in your first season make that much of an impact. So I think with the, the likes that they'll get, I think a key defender, yes, definitely. Ben Mackay will offer that a lot and, and he will bring that as well. But I think the one that could be a, a real play is that Todd Goldstein that Jay was just talking about. That that could be huge for them. And the key point that he made is he's played under Brad Scott before, so he knows how to use him. He has a good relationship with him, and that's something that straight away doesn't need to be built on. Yeah, you're going to build your pieces of your squad, don't you? And that's a, a couple, of, a few nice additions there to the to the squad, which, which is still, you know, as we know, a fair way off. Mm. So uh, important acquisitions if they get them, but um, you know, a few more needed as well. What about the Hawks, Jay? They, mm. they went all the way to the end with Ben Mackay and have fallen short. It looks like Tyler Brockman's going to be playing in, with the West Coast Eagles, and uh, Denver Granger Barras might end up back in WA as well. Will they still try and hit hard, or will they? Yeah cut their losses and go back to the draft? Yeah, it's a great question. They had missed out on a couple of the Hawks, unfortunately. They missed out on Asava Adagalea, Ben Mackay, just mentioned. Liam Henry has also chosen St Kilda. They were interested in him. So Sam Mitchell, really empty-handed at the end of it. As you say, they're going to lose Tyler Brockman. So they, they desperately want some key defensive support um, for James Sisley back there. I'm not sure there's a lot of other options. I don't think they're interested in, in Tom Duday, so they're going to rely on James Blank, probably. So that is going to be tricky. The one player I expect them to make a strong play for is Gold Coast Marbior Chol. So mm. Jacob Kajitsky, um, the Hawk, has requested a trade to Richmond. He'll essentially help replace Jack Rewalt, of course, and bolster that forward line. Adam Uze, the new coach of the Tigers, clearly welcomes Kajitsky to partner Tom Lynch. They want to go up the ladder next season. The Tigers don't want to bottom out. They obviously brought Taranto and Hopper on the ambition to move up the ladder and to challenge for the top four. So Kajitsky leave Hawthorne, join the the, uh, the Tigers. So Marbior Chol from Gold Coast, expect him to line up in a brown and gold jumper next year. But what they do have, um, Hawthorne, is a lot of salary cap room, like $2 million war chest. So with Essendon, a lot of money this year, I think we'll, we'll see Hawthorne become the big story in this trade, in this space, in 12 months' time. And is it Ben King? Is Ben King the man they can try and shake uh, free from Gold Coast? I think they'll have a big crack at him because uh, they've got a lot of money to spend. Uh, you were just saying before we went back on air about Collingwood that they've obviously got a grand final to play, but there's a list management team who will be in the background 
doing other things. Mm. It, it's a pretty complete list. Like that, I don't want for too much. What, what are they looking for in the next few yeah, years? Yeah, I think they've got a little bit of salary cap space at the pies without having a, uh, a whole lot. We mentioned Todd Goldstein before. Ruck coverage is something that they are interested in. Tom Duda is the other one to watch here. So he is in, essentially a bit of a Jeremy Howe type, isn't he? He's that third sort of defender, someone who can intercept um, across half back. It does give Craig McRae the option to swing, if they are, were to pick him up, to swing Jeremy Howe forward potentially um, next year. He really is a coach who loves that sort of flexibility. So the Adelaide free agent, I don't think he got a lot of love um, from, mm. from the Crows. So expecting a change of clubs and whether it can be Collingwood um, will be interesting. They really like him and are attacking this free agency space. Normally there's one deal that goes right the way to the very, very end. I think about Adam Trelaw a few years ago when he moved from Collingwood to the Western Bulldogs. Can you see one here that's going to, as we go to the last night, we're all at Marvel Stadium and everyone's walking around the corridors. Is there one that will get done with 10 minutes well, to go? Well, we, we need one to drag on to get a bit feisty, Jack, don't we? Because if all the deals were done in the first three days, what would we write about? What would we talk about <laughs> for the next two weeks? So we need a bit of tension in the air. The Dunkley deal last year between the Bulldogs and Brisbane got a bit uh, testy, of course, and was thrashed out in the final stages. I think um, the moves around Port Adelaide will really drag on. I think this is where the emotions will, might run hot because they want to save Radagalia. Of course, and Brett from Geelong, and then Brandon Zerk Thatcher from Essendon. But because they spent a lot of their trade picks and their draft capital, so their draft picks um, in deals last year with Willie Rioli and Jason Horn Francis, they don't have a lot to work with to try and pull off these moves. Also, they've got uh, Jordan Sweet on the hook, and potentially Ivan Soldo from Richmond as well, who is contracted to the Tigers, and they're not going to let him go easily. So they got their, the, the part of it to watch is the future first round pick. So whether they can use that future first-round pick to split and get, say, two picks in the 20s in this year's draft and then try and satisfy Geelong with, say, pick 25 and Essendon with, say, pick 30, just plucking some numbers out. Roughly is a Sava and Brandon Zirk Thatcher worth a second-round pick than a first-round pick. That'll be the big debating point because the Cats want first-round pick for a Sava. I don't think they get that. What, what are you guys, Kate and Simon, what do you think of Sava Radagalea? and Brandon Zirk Thatcher at work at the trade table because you're going to hear a lot about this over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't think Geelong have done themselves a whole lot of favours with the way that they've played Asava radically the last couple of seasons either. I think last year they wanted a whole lot for him um, and he couldn't get to port and now they're looking at him again this year and it's clear that he wants out and it's clear that they don't really have a plan for him at their club. So I think the way that they've sort of gone about it, they haven't really made him look like a first-round pick and he hasn't really excelled in that manner as well. Um, he's a, a very handy key position player, whether you want to play him up front or up back uh, or down back. So I think I think it's a, a second-round pick is probably uh, unders for him. Uh, sorry, overs for him. You read these situations really well, Jay. What, what do you think he's worth? Uh, yeah, I reckon a pick in the 20s. I reckon the low 20s more so than the first round pick. I mean, the negotiations start somewhere, of course, but I think it, in more so in the 20s, as Kate's saying, a second round pick rather than a first round pick. He did get dropped out of, out of the team. I thought at stages their defence looked better without him, but that's potentially a little bit harsh. Hey, keep an eye on St Kilda too. There'll be some moves here. They're just Stephen Silvani, very busy in trying to recalibrate their salary caps. So they've got a lot of mid-tier players on sort of decent wickets, 550, 600. So Nick Caulfield, who hasn't played in a couple of years, Western Bulldogs, um, having a look around him. As I said earlier, Jade Gresham, expect him uh, to join Essendon. Dougal Howard, the key defender, who didn't play in the elimination final against um, GWS. Um, he wants to stay, but whether they can strike a, a move for him. So expecting St Kilda to be very aggressive 
They'll get Liam Henry from Fremantle at a bit more bit more speed polish. Dylan Shield is another one to watch. Stephen Swamani might have a late crack at him in the trade period to wedge him out of Essendon. Jay, just quickly, we've got about 30 seconds. Melbourne, any business yep. happening there? I don't think they're going for a big fish forward because I think they see Harry, Harry Petty as someone who can play that role. Savage by injury. Ben Brown, they got nothing out of him. Tom McDonald, nothing out of him coming off that serious ankle injury and Harry Petty down as well. So people are saying they need a big superstar key forward. I think they think they, they've got some of the stocks. Matthew Jefferson, a young tall, coming through as well. Nicely done, as always, by you, Jay-Z. Enjoy the footy. Quickly, who wins and why? Oh, I think Brisbane will be hard to beat, but I hope Carlton give it a, a real crack. It'll be great if this game is still up for grabs in the last quarter. Triple M footy, prime time for Jim Beam. It's said to be an epic match, and that's worth raising a Jim Beam. Drink responsibly. Kareem Hot Water and McDonald's. Triple M rocks finals footy.